One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mary from Long Island said, I'm so disappointed in so many of you when it comes to questioning Erica. Crystal, you were quiet. Kyle, you were a kiss-ass. Dorit, you were duplicitous. Why didn't any of you ask the tough questions? I asked. I said, did you know any of this before? I asked so many questions that I felt bad. The obvious question is, did you know any of this? No, I did not. But you never accused me of lying. Never. That was my big issue. That's why I had such a breakdown at Kathy's. You know me. You can pick up the phone and you, you can say, girl, the Got it. Um, yeah. uh, part four of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We finally made it to the end, and I believe that they saved the best for last. that song vanessa williams a queen and icon and a legend you guys i thought this was thrilling and that clip that i played for you at the beginning of this episode was from uh andy asked a question mary from long island said and i just got to talk about mary from long island for at least 25 minutes because that woman whoever wrote in that question to andy and to bravo about the real house of beverly hills i applaud that woman because she just had the she had the balls finally mary from long island somebody had the balls to come out and say kyle you were a kiss ass krista you were quiet dorit you were duplicitous Mary from Long Island, was she was over at all. She had enough. Mary from Long Island simply had enough, and she hopped on over to Facebook or wherever you send in your question, I don't know, an email form, whatever it was. She called up Bravo HQ and was like, listen, I'm Mary from Long Island, and I got something to say. And she did have something to say. She said, look, Kyle's being a kiss-ass all season. And honestly, Mary from Long Island's the first person to finally say it, but now we said it. Because we're all sitting here watching this show for a whole season, 20-some episodes. I feel like this was the longest season of all time, and I loved every second of it. Give me even more episodes. I'm not ready for it to end. I'm just saying we've had 100 fucking episodes. And as we're all watching, of course we're all shouting at the TV screen, because Kyle will say one thing in one scene with somebody else, she'll laugh with the husband, and then when she's sitting next to Erica, she'll be like, well, Sutton's got some questions. And it's like, well, what's going on? And then she seems to be kissing Erica's ass when she's in the scene with her. And so I've been waiting for Andy to really say at this reunion, and Andy's been doing a great job. I want to applaud Andy because I think this is one of his best reunion performances. However, it's really Mary from Long Island who gets the mazel of the week or whatever for me because she just had enough. She was over the bullshit. She hopped on over to Facebook and said, look, Kyle, you were being a kiss ass. Dorit, you're duplicitous. She got the word of the day calendar. You know, I talked about that on the show a couple weeks ago or last week or whatever. Uh, Mary from Long Island got that word of the day calendar and she wanted to use duplicity in her question over to Bravo Real House's Beverly Hills reunion. And she did. She did it flawlessly. Mary, we love you. Mary, Mary, Mary. We love Mary. Uh, you know, I love Mary here on Everything Iconic. Mary, uh, of course, from the Real House of Salt Lake City, a, a wild card. And now Mary from Long Island. I would like to see a whole Housewives franchise around Mary from Long Island because she's over the shit, as we all are. So, look, I thought this was a thrilling a thrilling conclusion. It was mostly just Andy grilling Erica. 
which they sort of like pieced out a little bit throughout the other three parts, but this was like a full hour of just Andy asking her questions. And I have more questions I don't really quite understand. You guys heard in that clip, Bamboozle Jane was saying, oh, you guys knew me. You could have picked up the phone and called. It's like, well, every time they did question anything, you just yelled at them and you got all scary. But I feel like she's trying to trip everyone up. I feel like every time somebody asks like a valid question, then she asks them questions to try to trip them up. And I don't know. I would be, of course, I would sit back. I would be like, okay, I'm done fucking asking you questions because I'd be exhausted by it. I'm not interested in dealing with someone like that. I wouldn't be good at it. But that's why I'm not a house of not on one of these shows. But I need someone like Mary or somebody else to come in. Even there was a moment in this reunion where Andy said something about Camille tweeted something about your make uh, waterproof mascara. And I was thinking, maybe we need to get Camille back in there. I didn't even love Camille on the show the past the time she was on. Remember, she was given that unhinged reunion performance. I don't remember what that was, what the fuck was going on there. But I was watching this, uh, this uh, final part of the reunion. I'm like, maybe we need to get Camille in there. Maybe we need to get someone. We need another wild card because, again, I say they're all in cahoots. And God bless, they're all friends. But I need someone who's not in cahoots because I feel like we're not getting anywhere with the cast that's all in cahoots. And so I would just hope maybe we throw Camille back in there for at least a party or something. I'm not saying we need Camille Donatachi uh, back full time. I don't think she needs to hold a diamond. I'm just saying let's get Camille in there for a dinner party at the Buca de Beps, right? Like throw her in there. Just give her a, a stipend of $1,000 or whatever they got to give her, whatever they got to pay the woman, to just hop in front of frame and say, look, I got these questions, this is fucked up. And and then throw matter, because it seems like no one's going to be asking no questions next season. And uh, they're all in cahoots, and we love them. We love them. This has been a great season. Again, a great season. So I'm just saying, though, maybe we need somebody else in there, a wild card, because as this wrapped and they were all cheersing with Kathy's butlers came out and gave them all a cocktail, I was like, uh-oh. I thought, uh-oh, uh-oh. We need someone else in there to ask the tough questions. Maybe get a lawyer. Wouldn't that be great? Andy was on The View. And I don't know if you guys saw his appearance on The View. He's got the new book out, which I love a quote of the day book. I got that book. I'm excited. It's called Glitter Every Day. Uh, but he was on The View promoting it. And Sonny... Sunny Hostin, who's one of the panelists on The View. You know, I love my view. I love The View. Uh, Sunny said they're going to be asking for all the tapes because Sunny Hostin was in that documentary that was on Hulu called The Housewife and the Hustler. I know you guys watched that. We covered it on the show. It was a thrilling documentary. Sunny was one of the talking heads because she's a legal expert. And she comes with the, she has a legal background. And she said to Andy, they're going to be requesting the tapes. So now Sunny's, Sunny's getting involved. I'm like, let's get Sunny in that show. Give her a diamond. But maybe we need like a lawyer presence, a Phaedra Parks. A, I don't know. Have we had other lawyers? I'm sure we've had others besides Phaedra. But we need someone sort of in that realm, I think, to really uncover a lot of these things. Because, Or maybe a journalist. Maybe we get someone, a Lois Lane type. I know Lois Lane's a fictional character, but maybe we get someone, a Nancy Drew or a, or a Angela Lansbury type. Is Angela Lansbury still alive? Let's get her on the show. She's learned a lot when she did a hundred fucking seasons of that show Murder, She Wrote. I'm sure she learned a thing or two. She might be 90 plus, but I'm sure she could get in there and get some answers to the questions that we all have. So I I just hope that I don't know, we're taking some of this advice. Oh, you guys, and I mentioned that Hulu documentary. Did you guys see? I don't know if this was confirmed. So forgive me. Take this as a rumor if it's not confirmed. I'm not sure. Unclear. 
However, I did read that they're doing like another housewife documentary on Hulu about the Jen Shah Shadrama. And so I can't wait for this Shah documentary because it's going to be all about all the Shah legal pyramid scheme from the Real Houses of Salt Lake City. That's going to be thrilling TV. And I've seen people say, like, why isn't NBC doing these? Why isn't Bravo doing these? And I thought that too. But actually, I don't think they could do it because then if NBC Universal, which owns Bravo, if they were doing a documentary about Jen Shah and, and the Bamboozle Jane of it all, then I feel like they would uncover too much. They would have to get rid of them for the show, and then it would also lose credibility for the Housewives show. So they got to keep it separate. But I'm glad ABC, uh, who owns Hulu, you know, Disney owns ABC, Hulu, the whole nine. So really, it's all uh, Mickey Mouse is the one stepping up to the plate and giving us these documentaries for the people. So again, just let's applaud Mickey Mouse in general. I think he, Mickey's given enough to the culture that he's already someone we should be celebrating. But now he's given us these Housewife and the Hustler documentaries about all of our shady housewives. And so I just have to applaud Mickey Mouse here on this program because that mouse stops at nothing. That mouse is searching out all the rats in the Bravo universe and putting documentaries on them. So God bless. God bless. <laughs> I'm in a mood today, you guys. I'm in a mood. I'm just in a mood. I don't know. I watched this episode and I really loved it. Again, I thought it was just so fantastic. But by the end of it, I was like, I'm a little, I was like a little bit um, upset or something. And I'm not even sure why. Maybe I was like partially upset that the season's over because. I want it to keep going, but then I was also partially upset. It was just like they were all so, I don't know another word to say other than in cahoots by the end of it. But I just got like a little bit angry. And I was, I think I was angry like on behalf of Sutton, for instance. It was like she never got the apology. Erica Jane was so mean to her. And then by the end of it, somehow it was like Sutton was apologizing to bamboozled Jane. I was like, this, she bamboozled them all. It's the greatest bamboozlement. I've ever accomplished. It was the greatest embezzlement she'd ever accomplished. I felt like by the end of it, every single person on that stage was like had her back and everything. But me as the viewer, I didn't feel that. By the end of episode two, I thought of the reunion. I had more of Bamboozle Jane's back than I had expected. I think we all watched part two of that reunion and we came out of it like, oh, I feel bad. But I watched part four, and I was like, she was such an asshole to everybody on that stage, including Andy. Including Andy. I thought she kind of talked, she's like, oh, what are you rolling your eyes at me for? You know, she's like yelling at him, and he just kind of took it. And when Carol Radswell did it on the Real Houses of New York reunion, when she went after our dear Andy, Andy didn't take it. And so I just felt like everybody on that stage, they just, they were bamboozled. And I don't even blame them, because I would have been too. But as the viewer, we have like kind of 10 steps back from the whole action. And I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. Oh, uh, before we really get into the meat of the episode, I feel like we're already over 10 minutes in. We've already gotten to the meat of the episode, but I do want to mention Dorit. We haven't talked about this yet. Dorit was robbed at her house. Uh, it was very scary. I read the news article, so I don't know much about the details of it, but she was, somebody broke into the house, broke the door or the window or something and came in and stole some stuff. Luckily, everyone is okay. They just took a bunch of her goods, her wares. And, uh, we know that it's, she's okay, but that would be scary. That would be scary. I mean, I can imagine being asleep and then all of a sudden you, the whole house is broken into, but I, and I don't know the details. I guess we'll learn it on the show. Uh, but oh, also when Andy was on the view, this is why you got to watch the view every day, ladies and gentlemen, you got to watch it because Andy was on the view and he, they asked him about the Dorit robbing stuff. And they said something about how 
or I don't know if he said it or one of the panelists said, but they said it happened the day after she had said on the reunion that she pays a retail price for everything. So they sort of alluded that maybe that had something to do with it, which was surprising. I would have never thought that. Ah, you guys, lots going on in the Housewives universe. And Beverly Hills is filming again, which means we're going to get the season probably sometime spring of next year, I guess. And it can't come soon enough because I just, I want to see what's going on. So then, uh, let's see, we opened this week's episode with Crystal asking about the anger. And that's when Erica Jane's like, what do you want me to do? I'm angry. Hear it in my voice. And it's like, I only hear Alvin and the chipmunks in your fucking voice. Like, it's either that or she's got the real low, deep baritone. It's either uh, B. Arthur or Alvin, Simon, and Theodore. That's what I hear in your voice. I can't really focus on the anger part of it because the vocal, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to Erica Jane's vocals. It's like one or the other. It's super high-pitched or it's really low, baritone. And so that's I'm not focusing on the anger, but also we everyone keeps saying it's like they want to see that about the victims and the orphans and the widows. And she did kind of give us I, I want to give her that. There are a couple moments where I felt like she did sort of say stuff about the victims, but I, well, it didn't feel like enough to me. No, it certainly did not. And then Andy asked, "Well, why is it weird for friends to ask you questions? Because they're all scared of her, really." And Andy says, look, you lash out at all your friends, and so they're all scared of you. But really, I do want to, I will side with Erica Jane on this one, because also, they're not really, fr- you know, they're co-workers. They're co-workers. By the end, of, when they're all done with this show, they're not going to be calling each other up, right? Like, that's all. That's all. Calls it as we sees it. <laughs> I do love that we all pretend, though, like, as we're watching, they're like, they're best friends. And some of these ones are friends, these ones are friends, I think. The Beverly Hills women, again, they're in coots, so they are friendly. I just don't know. I don't know when this show ends, when the lights go down, what's going to happen. Will they be friends? Unclear. Uh, Erica thinks some of the women are against. She's super uh, defensive. Kyle and Dorit apologize again for their husbands laughing, and they were all laughing. Although I did think they lied to our faces, because there was a moment where, I don't know if it was Kyle and Dorit, were like, Oh, yeah, that's not what we meant. Like, we weren't laughing at you. And I was like, we saw the footage, you guys. We saw it, and you couldn't, you couldn't have been more clearly laughing at this woman. Like, it was so abundantly clear. I've never been more certain of anything in my life. Not since when I stepped out of the closet and announced that I'm a big homosexual have I been more certain uh, that uh, something was true. It was, they were just laughing right in her face in the scene. I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes, heard it with my own ears. So don't try to fool me. You ain't going to fool me on that one. You ain't going to bamboozle me into thinking that it was not something that was happening when it was happening, Dorit and Kyle. So we need Mary on your ass. Where's Mary from Long Island to call that out? Mary from Long Island. (laughs) Was it Long Island or Rhode Island? Doesn't matter. Mary's a star. Okay. So then Erica's doing a lot of staring ahead work. So what I mean from that is she's obviously disassociating at certain parts of this reunion, but it almost looks like somebody like had to like put in batteries. Like, you know, I'm trying to think of how to make this make sense. So the women are usually either looking at Andy or looking at each other. But Eric was doing this thing where she was doing a lot of like looking ahead off into the distance. And it almost looked like, you know, when you get like a doll as a kid, I'm looking right now at my Rosie O'Doll, my Rosie O'Donnell doll. Uh, it makes sounds. It's from the 90s. I'm in my office. That's what I'm looking at right now. But the Rosie O'Doll, or one of those dolls that's battery-operated, sometimes the eyes come alive, you know, 
And then when the batteries start to die, it just looks ahead and it stalls out. That's kind of how I was imagining, like almost like a Furby, like a Furby with the batteries died. And then Erica Jane just sort of like looks ahead and then just looks like a Furby. And then somebody had to come re- replenish the batteries and then she gets more uh, in the action. But it was a weird thing to just like look, stare ahead. And and I mean, I, she's going through a lot. So who among us wouldn't disassociate? I mean, I'd disassociate in a minute. Uh, but that's what was, uh, that was interesting me, uh, uh, interest, interesting to me. Interesting to me. Now I have that Vanessa Williams song stuck in my head. You go and save the best for last. I can't sing. I'm so sorry, you guys. Uh, but so Erica says they should have been uh, asking her questions. She got mad about that meeting they had behind her back. And it's like, do you want them to question you or not? Because when they did question, you yelled. And then now you're saying you want them to question. It's like, pick a lane, pick a lane. I don't believe it. And then she talks about something about her her credit card being rejected when she was patting the puss on Broadway. I didn't know what was going on there. I missed it. and I, I couldn't rewind it. It was like not working. So I don't know. It was something about Broadway and a card. That's all I heard. So then there's this moment about the Bethany of it all. So Bethany had heard that Tommy Two Tones was having money trouble. And uh, Bethany went up to Andy and Kyle Richards, Kyle the Splits, and said, look, Tommy Two-Tone's got some money troubles. And so they both heard it, and Erica Jane says, why didn't you ask, why didn't you tell me about it? Why didn't you come up to me and tell me about it? And they're like, look, it didn't even register to me. Also, Andy's like your producer and whatever. Like, what's Andy going to come give you a call and say, hey, your husband's a scammer? Andy's excited about that. He's the producer of a TV show you're on about your life. He's not going to call and give you a heads up about that. He's going to call and give producers a heads up about that and be like, hey, look into it. You know, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure a PA on set of The Real Houses of Beverly Hills got the heads up about that, but I don't think Bamboo's a chain did. And same with Kyle Richards. The Splits is a producer on this show, essentially. I mean, this is her program. She's not going to call Erica Jane and give her a heads up. She's too, is going to call up the PA. Say, hey, look into, look into that. And they're going to be like, thanks, Splits. Let's, let's go and film the scene. So they know what they're doing. They're not going to. And Bethany, too. Bethany's producer. Uh, she lords over this franchise like the ghost of Big Calf. I mean, Bethany, she's got her hands in all of them, like the puppet master. She's got a little, those skinny hands all in her, all these franchises. Them skinny girl hands. <laughs> uh, you guys, I was watching The Real Houses of New York Reunion season 10. I was like rewatching it over the weekend when I was, I was uh, trying to get rid of clothes, you know, like I was going through my stuff. And, it was cracking me up because they were all questioning Bethany about her baloney business. <laughs> it's a very small moment that just like keeps coming up in that reunion where it's just like, you don't know a bunch about baloney. And it was like, oh my God, it's so funny to me that she had a, a line of skinny girl baloney. And I always talk about the skinny girl ham, but like, I don't remember her also having baloney, which I know they're all deli meats. That's I, I get that it was just a line of deli meats, but also what the fuck? Why was there a line of deli meats? And how did who? Uh, how did any store pick that up? Like I can't imagine in what world is a Walmart or a Target or a, a, a in Ohio we have Giant Eagle or here we have Gelson's and uh, these grocery stores. It's like how is a grocery store buyer sitting down and being like, oh yeah, we need to carry that skinny girl baloney. Like that'll appeal to customers. It's like what. This woman from the Real Housewives is selling baloney. Let's get it on our store shelves. Like, who's thinking? <laughs> and then also, like, what was the business meeting like when they're all sitting around? Like, 
okay, we got the successful margarita. We're going into jeans. What's next? And somebody in the skinny girl, I know, empire is like, oh, we should do bologna. And they're like, yes, let's do that. Let's, let's do bologna. Let's get into the ham and the bologna. Let's do the whole thing. Let's sell it. Skinny girl bologna. Let's do it. Anyway, what were we talking about here? How did I get on that? Uh, okay. So let's see. Oh, Andy says, how are you paying for all your glam? She's like, you know how much I make. And it's my paycheck. You know my paycheck. You just said that. And I think what Andy was trying to say is like, yeah, I know how much you make, but like, why are you spending it all on your glam when you got all these A, legal bills? And uh, also, you took all the money from the orphans and the widows, allegedly. So what are you doing? It's like, that's what he was trying to say. And she just, it just like went past her and she got real mad and defensive. And it's like, well, maybe even optically, you know, the whole world is against you. Everybody, the court of public opinion is that you took all this monies. So maybe you shouldn't put all the monies back into your glam squad. It's like, maybe, just maybe, you should do your own rouge for an episode of television for once. I was the guest on the Drew Barrymore show. Guess who was doing his own makeup? Me. I was powdering my own face. Okay? And so I think Bamboozle Jane could do the same. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to compare her television career to mine. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. When I appeared on Watch What Happens Live via remote guest on Zoom, you know who was powdering my face? is myself. My own hand. My left hand did it. And if my left hand can do it, so can Erica Jane's. I'm just saying, maybe if I was in all these court cases, I'm not sure that I'd be hiring old glam squad. Maybe it's just not the best. And then speaking of the glam squad, Andy brings up the waterproof mascara because Camille Grammer graciously tweeted to get it uh, going on the sh- on the show. And uh, he says, you always wear ma- waterproof mascara. And she's like, yeah, I always do. I always wear waterproof mascara. But I had a new makeup artist. It was a fluke. It was a fluke. And then Rena's like in the background, like, yeah, it was a different makeup artist. And I was like, this is all a lie. I don't, I don't believe any of it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Even the way that Rena was sort of defending her, it just didn't feel real to me. It felt like a lot of BS. Maybe I'm wrong. I need to have a better attitude. I feel like I have a bad attitude about it. I know I feel like I'm being negative this episode, but that's just how I felt. And am I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about it all. You guys yell at me, yell at me in the comments or DM me or something, but I, I don't know. I thought it was a bunch of bullshit and we're all just saying yeah to it. I get it, but it's not, doesn't make it real. Uh, then Erica says she spoke to Tom at the assisted living and says, so it said she cries about it. And I, I think, I think the biggest thing for me to understand, or the thing that I have the most trouble understanding, I should say, is that she divorced this man, filed for divorce because he was cheating, did all these awful things. And then, then she finds out that allegedly he implied her in all of these lawsuits and all of the money situation and really made her life a living hell if we're to believe everything that she said. But then also that she still has love for him. And that she still is crying about him, but we don't see those same kind of tears when it comes to like any of any of these victims or anything, which is fine. She didn't have a personal relationship to the victims, however. Uh they're still victims in it, and and he really made her life a complete and utter living hell. A living hell. And throughout the whole relationship, he had the upper hand in this whole thing and and again, had cheated multiple times and all of these awful things. I've been with my, I've been with Matt for over 10 years. We've been together t- a decade plus. And 
if any of one of these things, if I found out he was cheating a bunch of times, or if he had all these bamboozlement schemes and all that stuff going on that implied me or that got me into it, I would fucking kick him to the curb. And even though I had at moments love for the man, I would still be livid with him. And maybe some of you out there are differently. Maybe you're with your spouses and you would, you would still, uh, you would still have a lot of love left for them. But I can't imagine if this, uh, a human made my life such a living fucking hell. This isn't just like he, he cheated once and then went away. This is like crazy shit that could put her possibly in jail or, and made the whole world sort of against her. And so if we're to believe all of that, then I don't get why she wouldn't hate his fucking guts. Like, cause I, that's how I would, but again, we're all different human beings, but she seems to have such love. She's crying about him, about him in the old care home and with the black eye and stuff. Wasn't that from an eye surgery too? I don't think it was just like he fell, but it was like they showed the black eye. She was crying so hard for him. And she, then she said he calls every day, calls five times that day. But then I I also, even though I know he's allegedly got this big mental decline and everything, I don't understand, like, he seems to also hate her because he's implying her in all this lawsuit stuff and cheated on her a bunch of times. So I don't even feel like he would have that much love for her that he'd be calling five times. None of it makes sense to me. And I don't think it's supposed to make sense to us. And maybe we're all going to find out in five years from now or whenever these lawsuits are done. Maybe we're going to find out that, uh, look, we've been bamboozled for however long it's been. It's the greatest bamboozlement I've ever accomplished. Maybe we're all going to find that out in a a year, two years, three years. I don't know how long it'll be. But uh, Andy says, have you asked him why? He says, have you asked him if he did it? And that catches her off guard. She says, why would you leave me with millions of lawsuits after me? Why would you do this? And I thought, why... Why didn't she ask, did you do it? Because that's what Andy was saying. Did you ask if he did it? And if you talk to him all these times and you ask him these questions and you allegedly ask, like, why would you leave me with millions of lawsuits after me? Why didn't she ask, did you do it? Because if she asked him point blank, did you do it? And he said no, she could help use that information to get her out of all this mess. And if he said yes, then at least she would have some peace of mind, uh... I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense. I don't know if that made any sense, but you guys get what I mean. <laughs> I think you guys understand. You guys get it. Uh, it just, uh, I, none of that relationship adds up to me. She says that he doesn't acknowledge anything. He's incompetent and she's the punching bag. And then Erica says he's not capable. And she says, I shouldn't even be telling you that. And I thought, okay, that's like a a trick saying like, I shouldn't be telling you that. Like you're telling us the secret information. Meanwhile, I feel like there's other more pertinent information you should be telling us. We got to take a quick break here. We'll be back with more. I want to remind everyone to go to acast.com slash everything iconic for all episodes of everything iconic. And wherever you listen to everything iconic, be sure to hit subscribe or follow to ensure that you get all new episodes of everything iconic. Hit subscribe or follow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to this podcast.
Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. Did you see in the LA Times, they did this interview with the people who did that big story that Kyle couldn't read? And they answered all these questions. And it was super fascinating. It came out today, the day of the last reunion. So go check it out if you haven't, because I found it very, very fascinating. Very fast. And they do say they reached out to her people for comment in that article, which is standard journalistic thing to do. That's not, you don't print an article about someone and don't reach out for comment. And they said she didn't know when they reached out for a comment, she didn't know exactly when the article would be printed, but they gave her a strict deadline or her, her lawyers or whoever, strict deadline saying, uh, we need this information by the next day or whatever it was. So I don't know. Go read that Q&A. It's interesting. So Andy asks about the 20 million. She says, no, it's not 20 million. Her lawyer apparently wrote to E! News, page six and all that stuff, but they didn't print that. And then he asks about the 14 million she spent or whatever. And she says, no, it's 2 million per year. And she says, that's what everyone else here spends. And okay. Well, that's still a lot. Also, one of the things that I think we're all overlooking here is when we're talking about these monies and we're acting like she's somehow scaled back, but like even with the new house she moved into and stuff, it's still like a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Like she's acting like she's slumming it or something. But meanwhile, it's like the majority of us in the world or in the country 
it's a lot of money that she's spending on the glams and on the even the new apartment or that condo or whatever she's renting now. That was a lot of money. And so I, I, there's just a disconnect. And I feel like she's trying to make us believe that she's slumming it. And I just don't think that that is. Meanwhile, Kathy's just doing her makeup. God bless. I love that she was just on the other couch, just powdering her face. Yeah, she again, uh, Kathy Hilton can do her own makeup. So can Bimboozle Jane. Am I right? Ladies, am I right? And then uh, Erica says, well, I'm being sued by people who think I have some magical pot of gold. And it's like, what do you call that two million that you just spent? Ugh. Then they talk about the three year time frame because none of that makes any sense. And there has been lawsuits over a decade. And she says, well, I want it now. And she says she wouldn't have been on a reality show if she knew this. But I thought, but you're on a reality show now and you know this. And you're filming a future season of the reality show now and you know this. I know it's her her funds, but it seems like with what's going on, I don't know that I would want to... Here we are all judging, right? Here I'm sitting behind a microphone doing a whole hour of whatever we're going to record today of judgment about this show and about these people's lives. And that's what reality TV is, right? We're all judging these people. I wouldn't want to be on a reality TV show. I don't think I'd be good at it. I wouldn't want uh, that kind of... I wouldn't have to answer to the court of public opinion and to people like Andy on a reunion stage, who we love. So I don't think that I would want to be on a reality show. And so I think when you're going through all this and you know that the court of public opinion is going to come after you and you're going to have to answer all these questions while you're going through all these lawsuits, I just think if you knew this, wouldn't you get off the reality show and... And find other ways to make the money in a more controlled way. For instance, if she were to leave this show, yes, she'd lose that big paycheck, which I don't know that is much money after all the glam money is taken out, after all of the taxes, all of that kind of stuff. Because whatever she's making on the show, I'm sure it's a good paycheck. But we know from this reunion episode, she's still paying the glam. She does have an expensive apartment or condo that she's living in. So how much of that money is really uh, is really coming in? And if she pivoted and got off of reality TV, she would, A, not have to pay the glam anymore. She could get a big-ass book deal where she told her side of the story, but really she could just make up whatever the fuck she wanted because it would be her book. And uh, do she could make a lot of money that way, right? Like there's, I think, other ways where she could tell her story in a more controlled way while still making money without being on a reality show that's controlled by bravo a network i don't know maybe i'm crazy for thinking that it just seems like that would be a smart if i was the lawyer i'd say like let's get off this show that you can't edit and control and maybe you could do a documentary special where you have uh, editing control or maybe you do a, a book or something else it seems like this is a silly a silly thing but i don't know i don't know then andy asked sutton about the partner who she said left the firm and Sutton's like, I don't know the name. And Erica's like, help me, help me. Tell me the name. I need names. She said, I worked hard to be open and honest, and I was just getting shit for it. Then Erica brings up Dorit's lawsuits, you guys. She brought up Dorit's lawsuits. Huh. I couldn't believe when she did that. I couldn't believe that she brought up the lawsuits. Dorit's lawsuits. And that's a house of cards waiting to fall down, too, I think. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. And of course, we our hearts are with Dorit and the whole family. PK, PK, bye-bye. We're with them. Uh, but the lawsuits, I don't know. Are they going to come out at some point? Unclear. 
then Erica says people have to ask her questions to her face, but they said that she they did and she was just an asshole about it. Again, I think maybe just get off the show if you don't want to. I wouldn't want to play by the game of uh, the rules of the game if I was Erica Jane either. I would want to get off the show. And then Andy uh, asks Rena about talking behind people's backs, and everyone. Andy asks a question from the audience. I don't remember who it was, but he says, "Rena, you've always been the one to go after people and gossip behind people's back, and now you're not even asking any questions." And then Rena's like, "Well, I really regret that." <laughs> then there's like a whole montage of Rena just talking shit about everybody on the show, from Yolanda to Kim. We got an Eden Sassoon flashback. You know, sometimes Eden Sassoon pops up in a flashback. I'm like, huh? Tim Allen from Home Improvement, I just go, huh? What is happening? Who's that? Where'd she come from? And then I remember Eden Sassoon with her salt wig. Then uh, Rinna told Erica what she was walking into, apparently, in that one dinner party. Garcelle asks if Erica ever apologized to Sutton, too. And Erica says no, and she's not going to. And then even Andy sticks up for Sutton and is like, Erica says, well, when it's your turn, I will not give you the grace. Meaning Erica got mad at Sutton at that dinner party. You remember when she made that threat of like, I'm coming after you. I'm going to. Well, apparently Erica's saying in the reunion that she meant that when people are after Sutton and when the season's about Sutton, because it's cyclical, it's always going to be about one person. There's always going to be one person in the hot seat. Erica said she meant that she wasn't going to give her the grace. But then they all ask her and they say to her, well, that's not what you said. That doesn't make sense because of the words that you were talking about, it doesn't add up. But then we just, um, and Andy even says that's not how it came off. Andy's doing a good job calling her out. I really believe that Andy called her out. I'm not sure we really got where we needed to be, but it was a thrilling, a thrilling performance. Again, I just have to salute Andy because I thought he did a great job. Then Erica says, oh, this was interesting. So Andy says, look, that's not how it came off when you were threatening Sutton. And Erica says, well, in Potomac or Atlanta, it would have been a conversation. And she also, uh, in New York, she says. But I thought that was, I don't know, that was interesting to me. The way that she said that, the way that she said Potomac and Atlanta would have just been a conversation. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, and Andy brings up the Queens of Bravo saying Erica was never called a bully. Even though Garcelle was sitting on the stage in, in those scenes at the dinner party and Dorit was calling Garcelle a bully. And meanwhile, Erica's being so, such an asshole to everybody at the dinner party. So it was never called a bully. So that, that was fascinating. A Sutton reveals that she hired security for a week. I still have like a page and a half of notes, you guys. I'm looking at this. I'm like, we've been talking for 35 minutes and I still got a page and a half. Whew. Normally I don't even recap these reunions, but here we are. Beverly Hills got to get into it. Gotta get into it, because you know what? They saved the best for last. That song is really good. Did you see um, Giselle from The Real House Potomac dressed up as Vanessa Williams? They look alike. They're both stunning. Okay, so then uh, Andy... Oh, Sutton reveals that she hired security for a week. And then Kyle says, oh, we're in a Joe Pesci movie now. And I thought that was rude. <laughs> As an Italian, I just was offended by that. I'm not sure exactly why. Uh, but I am a fan of Joe Pesci. I am a fan. My Cousin Vinny, to me, is one of the greatest comedies of all time. Home Alone, who doesn't love it? Look what you did, you little jerk! Who doesn't love Home Alone films? 
By the way, there's a movie called Pups Alone. I don't know if anyone has seen a, a commercial for it, but it's about puppies who are home alone. It's basically home alone, but with dogs. And it looks terrible, but also looks like the kind of film I'm going to watch one day. I'm going to accidentally put it on one Saturday morning and watch it. Okay, so what else is happening? Kyle's giving good reaction shots. There was one moment where Erica called Sutton a see you next Tuesday. And Kyle gives the perfect reaction shot. She knows how to do that. And somebody needs to say, though, like, you can't speak to people like that. And it's, I mean, the whole Sutton-Erica thing, Sutton is a nice Southern woman. I get it. She doesn't want to raise her voice, all that kind of thing. But I do need someone to say, like, stop it. You can't talk like that. You just called her a see you next Tuesday. That's unacceptable. And everyone just sits there quiet with their lips zipped. And uh, it's it's too much. And Sutton says, look, I thought we made up at Del Mar, and I thought you were being sincere, and that's you lying. You say you're not a liar, but that's you lying. And Erica's like, no, that's playing your ass. And she's agreeing that she's playing Sutton. And who else is she playing? Is she playing us, the audience? That's how I'm feeling. That's I'm feeling like we're all being played and bamboozled. And then, oh, somebody asked if aliens took over Rinna's body. Yeah, that's when we talk more about the Kim, Yolanda, Denise of it all. And Rinna's like, I have to live with myself. And Andy even brought up Lucy, Lucy, Apple, Juicy. He calls it Juicy. They all agreed, though, that they hated Vanderpump. <laughs> they were all, like, in agreement in that. It was like, oh, it's not the same. Like, Andy was like, well, isn't it the same with Vanderpump, too, as what happened with Yolanda and, and Kim and, and Denise and they're like, no, not with Vanderpump. She didn't show up to the reunion. They were all just like in agreement of it. And then they just moved on. They just moved on. And even the way that Erica is speaking to Andy, I thought was awful. And he laughed and was like, you're a piece of work. And I I understand Andy's in a hard position, too, because you can only ask this person the same questions over and over. And if they're giving you the same answer, then what are you going to do? So I get it. Andy, there were certain questions Andy asked a hundred fucking times. That's why they were to show us in parts one, two, and three of the reunion, Andy asking her some of these questions and her answering. Because she he asked him a bunch of times, and I don't think we could ask more of that from Andy. But he asked again about the car situation and how she says how one car only flipped, the other one didn't flip. She said she found Tom in nine hours, not 12. And and I think we can all be dumb and try to believe it, but I don't I don't believe it. there's no police reports, which there don't have to be police reports. Just because there's an accident doesn't mean there needs to be a police report. But she says he called Tommy Two Tones, called her and said, I think I'm close to the backyard. I see the bridge. And she's like, I know that's I know where that is. And people started to interrupt her when she was telling the story. And she's like, can I talk? Let me finish. And I felt actually the way the reason that she was saying, like, don't interrupt me was because she knew that if she was interrupted and lose, lost her train of thought, she would screw up the story. That's how I was feeling about it, which maybe me thinking things too deep. Maybe I'm being a Danny Downer and, and just am too pessimistic, but that's what I felt like she was saying, like, don't interrupt me. Not because she doesn't like being interrupted, but because she knew that if she was interrupted, she'd screw up the story and uh, it would all come crashing down. <laughs> And then, oh, we get into the snowing thing. So Andy says, well, why was it snowing where your child was? Because this was supposedly Pasadena. Why was it snowing? She's like, we're not going to get into it. And I was like, we need to get into it. I need to know why it was snowing in Pasadena. I do know that Vanessa Williams once said sometimes the snow comes down in June, but I don't believe that it was snowing in Pasadena. Sometimes the snow comes down in June. Sometimes the sun goes round. 
song is just so good, you guys. I'm going to go listen to it when I'm done here. I was so excited to put it on the soundboard. Uh, we had to save the best for last. Okay, so then what else is going on? Andy, thanks her for a- answering all the questions. And she says that, oh, she's serving the victims by cooperating in court. And I guess that's something. I guess we should, that's a good thing, I guess, that she's cooperating in court for the victims, I guess. Kyle says that she's happy that things are cleared up about the accident. And I thought, how? It's more confusing now than it was before. I don't understand. We're not talking about why it was snowing. No one, uh, we didn't get any clarity about why one car flipped and the other car didn't. And like, why, why did she say that both cars flipped then? And, and then why? I don't get it. Andy says that she showed sympathy for the victims. And I thought, did she? Was it? Was it? Like, when we were doing this wrap-up, I thought everyone... I was like, were they there? Were they in the same place that we were watching? Because I I felt differently. But me... Also, I'm sure things are edited down. I'm sure for after a 12-hour day, it did feel differently in the moment. I'm just saying, I don't know that it came across as the viewers, as her showing a bunch of sympathy and clearing things up about the accident. That was my take. But maybe some of you feel differently. Everyone watches these shows different. I don't want y'all to yell at me. But... I don't, I didn't feel that. And then Kathy really wrapped this whole thing up. This whole thing was about Erica Jane in this big lawsuit situation. And then Kathy just wraps it up by apologizing for not coming to Garcelle's dinner. And she really threw production under the bus because she said, look, I told them I was supposed to go to your house for the dinner party. And she said, I had COVID tests three days prior. They wouldn't let, I was cleared, but they wouldn't let me come to the dinner because they said I need a couple more days of quarantine. And that was her whole note. She she folded up that piece of paper note. Kathy came with a whole note. She came with notes, and it just said Garcelle. That's it. That's all Kathy wanted to clear up at the reunion, and I love that for her. Love that. She's back next season, too. It's revealed. Kathy's coming back. Good. Good. Then everyone gets in their final thoughts. Erica apologizes, sort of. Uh, and then Crystal... Oh, she apologizes to Crystal for snapping at Crystal. And I hope Crystal lets her ass have it next season. I'm kind of feeling like Crystal. I, I'm noticing a shift in Crystal. And she's, of course, going to shift because everyone's second season, they shift a little bit. They get more comfortable in front of the camera. And they know what they need to do for the show. They know they want to uh, be portrayed a certain way. And so I think Crystal's really going to come to play next season. I'm very excited about it. And then Andy asks people about what redos they'd have. Sutton says she'd redo her relationship with Crystal, which we know they're friends now, which is good. Rinna says, I don't even know what Rinna says. I wrote my notes. Rinna seems not nice this day. And then, (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Then Erica says, I came here with, I came here with an open heart. And that's what she says. Then Andy ends with Kathy's butlers coming out and giving everyone a martini. And here's the thing that was really fascinating to me about the end of this reunion. They're all drinking the martini, which, by the way, they have the olives in it, and Erica Jane, after she drank the martini, she was eating the olive like a cartoon villain. Did anyone notice that? Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, they come out with the butlers, and of course, they're Kathy's butlers. But remember when Vicki Gunvalson on The Real Houses of Orange County, it was her last season, she was a friend of. And remember, they shuttled her out before that last wrap-up, because normally the friends of aren't at the end of it. Normally, they shuttle them out, and then they just have the main cast members. And that's what they did to Vicky. Remember, she threw that big fit in the dressing room. She's like, how dare they? And then the cameras caught her and she's like, get the fuck out or whatever. You know, she was real pissed about it. 
And here on the Real Houses of Beverly Hills, they have Kathy the whole time. She wasn't there at the beginning of the first part reunion or whatever, but then they have her out for the rest, and they have her up for the wrap-up, which was shocking, because that's not normally what happens with a friend up. Normally, they wheel them out and say, get the fuck out, and then not Kathy, though. Kathy's a star. They let her stay. Ah, you guys, that's the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And we made it to the end. They saved the best for last. In my opinion, maybe some of you guys hated that last part of the reading, but I loved it. Thought about it, but I loved it. Thought it was great. Wanted more. I don't know next season or next week. Are we getting a shit they should have shown episode? And what are we going to do without Beverly Hills? You guys, I don't know. I'm going to lose it. Uh, I do want to encourage everyone to pre-order my book. I know Beverly Hills uh, listener just to this podcast, they're going to tune out until next season Beverly Hills. Some people just listen to the Beverly Hills recap. So all those people, if if you're not going to be joining us for everything iconic going forward uh, until Beverly Hills comes back, I want you to pre-order my book. It's called How Do I Unremember This? Get it from IndieBound.org. They'll connect you with your independent bookseller, so you can buy it, support your local independent bookstore. Uh, or you can get it from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, online. Uh, there will be an audiobook. There will be an ebook. Those two formats will be available for order soon. They are not up yet. Right now, you can just pre-order the hardcover. But it's going to be a beautiful hardcover. I haven't seen the hardcover yet, but I'm excited. Uh, so I'll put the link in the episode descriptions, but go pre-order that. It's out March 8th, but uh, pre-ordering is super helpful and important for for authors and for publishers and stuff. So I appreciate all of you who have pre-ordered. Thank you. And I'm going to try to do some live dates uh, around the release week. So uh, there's going to be a handful of hopefully live dates uh, or at least a uh, book signing appearance things uh, for the week of March 8th next year, which will be here before we know it. Uh, also, I want to say I have a holiday podcast called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast, where my co-host and I recap holiday movies. Mostly we just chat about stuff for about 45 minutes, and we have a good old time, but we sort of loosely based around holiday movies, which we love. Love, love, love. We just did an episode about Four Christmases, which is an unhinged Reese Witherspoon, Vince Vaughn movie. And we talked extensively about Country Strong with Gwyneth Paltrow, because, I mean, that's where we go. You guys, uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so, luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Vanderpump Rules. Any thoughts about Vanderpump Rules? It's trucking along. The episodes are okay. There's stuff going on. Uh, it seems like I keep coming on the show to try to talk about Vanderpump Rules, but I'm not sure that everyone culturally is interested in Vanderpump Rules anymore. It seems like people have moved on a bit. And I understand that. I respect that. It just, I think the season's okay. I don't think it's a terrible season. It seems like we're getting somewhere with all the Brock, Sheena, Lala stuff. However, I just don't know. You guys will have to let me know if you're interested. I think moving forward, we'll see. Are we going to cover Vanderpump Rules, Winter House? What are we going to do on this this episode of the podcast? We'll have to see. Beverly Hills will be over. So let me know what you guys want me to cover. Maybe we'll dive into Winter House next week. Uh, I don't know. Unclear. Uh, anyway, you guys, I want to wrap this up by just doing one of our cheesy little cooldowns. Let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Uh, I always do these cheesy little cooldowns because people reach out to me and they say it helps them remember to breathe. And I think so often we go about our dizzy, busy days and we forget to just take a moment to breathe in and breathe out, center ourselves. There's a great app called Headspace, which uh, this isn't an ad or anything, but it's a great app if you're looking for guided meditation, longer meditations. You can also hop on YouTube. There's great options for meditations and and things to just slow you down for a minute. I always uh, know when my head is swirling and there's tons of thoughts or concerns or worry in my head, sometimes I need to just take one of those five-minute guided meditations for myself, and uh, and then I can go about my day with more success. You guys, I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Sometimes the snow comes down in June. Sometimes the sun goes round the moon. I see the passion in your eyes. Sometimes it's all a big surprise. Cause